Welcome to the Mixed in Key podcast. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm here with my regular host, Isaac, and a, a new guest this week. Uh, it's Kiva. Kiva joined our staff team uh, fairly recently to give us um, some... Well, tell us what you do for us, Kiva. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Kiva. I'm an artist, producer, Ableton certified trainer. Um, I met the guys from Mixing Key a couple of years ago and got involved like helping them develop um, some of the different drum kits and patterns for things like Captain Beat and Odyssey, as well as some of the sound libraries in Odyssey. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, joined like part-time earlier this year with the staff. So good to be here. Yeah. 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 Great to have you on board. Um, we're broadcast. Where, you're in New York, am I right? Uh, actually, I'm based in Miami these days. So. Oh, Miami. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Can't keep up. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we've got two in Miami. That's Isaac and yourself. And I'm up in Edinburgh this week uh, on a slightly makeshift studio. Uh, but we make do. Uh, we're here to talk today about how to arrange a track. Uh, and I've put in brackets in any genre because I think we should talk about it for kind of um, from that perspective, like whatever you're trying to do, there's like things to try and things to try and avoid. Right. Who wants to start on that? How to? Where would you start with how to arrange a track? I would say the first. I was going to say like the first thing that will come to mind for me is like, is this a vocal track or is it an instrumental track? Um, right. You know, that's going to play into things, and then you know, depending on the genre as well, too. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's some. You know, if it's a dance music song, you want to take certain things into consideration because you know that yeah. DJs are going to be playing your record as part of their set. So you'd want to yep. arrange it a certain way that's going to be compatible with all the tracks in the DJ set versus if you're just doing like a pop tune for the radio where you're going to play it start to finish. So, Right. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And that's, exactly. I think that's the key, actually. Like, are you going to try and fit a pop mold, you know? If you're, if you're doing that, there's a lot of conventions that you got to ascribe to in terms of yep. intro, a song length, get to a chorus quick enough or a pre-chorus something that catches the, their attention fast enough. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think that's, that's the first decision to be made, I'd say, in terms of the arrangement. You know, what's the audience? What's the audience? What, what's the uh, medium by which it's going to be consumed on as well, right? Because um, like you say, if it's a radio song, or if it's for kind of open format DJs, they don't want like a two minute intro before the track gets going. Whereas if it's for like a dance music DJ, they might be looking to mix a track together for two minutes before, you know, to mix the kind of outro and the intro together. So you can have a much, much longer um, build section to start off. So t tell me about that in terms of that genre. Like what yeah, would be a regular well, arrangement for that? Well, I would say you'd be looking at something like a 16 bar intro. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can get crazy long with these things. I mean, there's, there's nine minute um, disco records or house records um, that are just kind of very, very gradual builds, gradual building. So you might start with a really stripped out version um, of the track for the first eight bars and maybe add like one percussive level or one melodic sort of minor part of the whole song and just kind of steadily add parts as you go until you get to this um usually a drop or a, an, an area where the tension's risen to a certain point maybe 32 bars in and on that the beginning of that 33rd bar you might 
maybe bring everything out traditionally, like classically. People are kind of um, developing on that and, and maybe don't want to be so predictable all the time. So some people just keep a beat going or maybe keep a hi-hat going. But you generally clear some space at, at that start of that 33 bars and have maybe 16 bars where you just use... Um, you know, incoming melodies or, fil I mean, filter sweeps are a classic way of doing it, right? So, you know, just like basic stuff, but um, that's the classic way of doing it. And then you bring it into that, that point after 16, uh, sort of 48 bars where bang, in, in it comes, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, as soon as that 49th bar mm -hmm. starts, the song's so, going and then the whole dance floor knows what's happening. Okay. So l let's say you're writing that, right? So, yeah. And, and you're going to go by 32 bars is when you're going to have that drop. Yeah, so yeah, I would assume, yeah. I would assume for like the last four bars. So let's say 28 to 32 is like the crescendo, right? When you're yeah, writing it's like that the first crescendo, you're the first crescendo. And then it builds yeah. up to something else, right? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but when you get to that first, so if you're writing for that first crescendo, do you write all that first? And then you start by just muting things and unmuting them as you go. Like, yeah, what's your process? I do. That's the, that's the method. Yeah, per personally, I do. I'd be interested to know um, whether other um, producers do it the same. I think a lot do. I, I tend to write the biggest section of my track all together. So I've got kind of everything happening. And then I take things apart and I move it back. I sort of work backwards towards an arrangement that adequately kind of builds up to the right um, sort of vibe because otherwise i find if i start off with a with a very uh, minimalist intro and just build things gradually as i go sometimes where you end up with is not necessarily um it's hard to carry the vibe and build that vibe correctly but i'm mm -hmm. sure there are producers who i mean it uh, as with it, most things in music production the the answer is usually it depends yeah i just want to say a couple of things just about like um you know what is your intended your intended audience you know that, that that's going to play a big yeah. factor into where you're going to go because think about it like um you know back in the day i was really into like punk rock and hardcore and a lot of those those songs yeah. by those bands are like one minute long. They just like <laughs> count off. Yeah. One, two, three, <laughs> and it hits you like a tidal wave and it's a minute yeah. long and they get out everything, yeah. all that aggression and then yeah. the song's over. And then, yeah, then yeah. you look at but, like, you know, a, a radio mix where the, the typical, the typical top 40 song is going to be like, maybe like three and a half minutes long on average. Yeah. And, you know, there, mm -hmm. they don't really play around with intros that much either. You look at, you know, Name yeah. is something everybody probably know, like a song like Rehab by Amy Winehouse. I mean, that song just comes in mm. right away with the catchy lyrics, the hook. Like, that's yeah. how the song begins. And, you know, about three, three and a half minutes later, the song is done. And, you know, they, they got it yeah. in. But, you, but because that's it's got to be played true. on radio. That's the new, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the new thing, though, right? I mean, I think it's been about 10, 15 years where it's been closer and closer. Like, all your pop hits, you got to get the chorus or the hook within the first 15 seconds, you know? And it's yeah. like, well, we're seeing that draw them Spotify, in right away. Yeah. Spotify has really um, sort of amplified that process. And now we're seeing songs by sort of Taylor Swift and stuff that just start straight in with the hook. Like mm -hmm. the first thing you hear is the hook because yeah. they know that now people are, are consuming music on Spotify, that they're giving a song 20 seconds. If they're not in, then they skip. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you compare it's that, you compare that with like some really like deep music styles. I mean, some of yeah. these some of these classic house parties in places like New York or San Francisco. I mean, yeah. 
the house event might start on a Friday night and get done like Sunday evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some of these DJs yeah. got legends like Danny Tanaglia doing 12 hour sets. 12 hours. You know, sets, so yeah. like just the, the, just yeah. the fade between records is three minutes, you know, so the yeah, records exactly. they're playing are like, you exactly. know, eight minutes to like 10, 10, 12 minutes. Long, yes. You know, exactly so it's a whole that. different paradigm. Yeah. Completely. I, I came from a hip hop background and so I was chopping kind of you do the first verse and the chorus and as the chorus comes in, you're mixing the next record in and you just bang, 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 bang. Juggling you know, it. Doing a 12 hour, <laughs> yeah. Doing a 12 hour set of that would just be like, you'd be dead by the end of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, like 15. So many records. <laughs> yeah, like nowadays, yeah. nowadays you hear like 15, 20, second, 20 seconds of the chorus into the next chorus. The next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd go out on a limb. I'd say... The longer the arrangement, the bigger that, you know, build up and work up and development is, the bigger the payoff, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to have the patience yeah. for it. It's got to be good. There's a lot of examples mm-hmm. of it not being good. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, to take like a, like a real basic one, like um, Funkadelic Maggot Brain, right? You got this right. just eight minutes of guitar solo. What, what is that? You know, and just, <laughs> yeah. You know, Clinton talking over the whole thing. It, it's a great payoff. It is worth it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you got to yeah. have the patience to sit there and get through. Yeah. You know? But again, I, I, I speculate. I mean, I can't relate to, to how Funkadelic write their songs in any way, but I wonder whether they kind of in jamming sessions, they were like, they came up with this amazing payoff and they were like, right, we really need to build this. We need to work this up, you know, or did they just kind of reach that stage by the process of playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's got to be a mix of all things. I mean, he, George Clinton, like he knows arrangement, like he knows hooks, like that guy, yeah. like would nail yeah. you with a huge hook and he's got plenty <laughs> yeah. of tunes that go straight into it. But I mean, yeah. that's the seventies, like those older songs, they did this big build up. I actually saw him perform uh, like two years ago with his like most recent yeah. band. He's got yeah. whole new generation, young kids rapping and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like all turntables okay, nice. on stage and it's yeah. a fun, fast vibe. Like it's, he's, yeah. he stays current, you know? Yeah. It's like attention spans are, sh- are shrinking, I guess. Um, if for, for some, uh, you know, if it's a bit different if you're in a club and you're dancing all night, you know, it, it might be a different vibe, but for most people and where they're consuming music, uh, attention spans are different than perhaps they used to be. Um, also I thought the punk rock um, uh, idea was, was interesting because that's really for live. You know, that's, yeah. that's people <laughs> buying that stuff to go and smash each other up at a party, you know, like that's like mosh pit music. So it's like the, the, the intention of that music is very important to the length and the nature of the song. Yeah. Um, I guess so. So I guess lesson one is to understand what your audience you have, mm-hmm. um, where you expect this song, who ex- who you expect this song to appeal to most, and what they want from music like yours, right? Yeah. And then step two is to understand the medium by which you expect your song to be consumed, right? So if you think everyone's going to listen to your song on Spotify, you might arrange it differently than if you thought everyone it was going to be DJs playing it in a club, potentially. You know, absolutely. I don't know where that sits with things absolutely. like trap and hip hop music, which mm. could be either. I just want to know where that. Yeah, sits. interesting. You mentioned that because I wanted to throw in there. Like, currently, I have a couple students. They're both like real young dudes that are just all about like new trap music. 
And there's always right. the, every yeah. day they'll show me like 10 new artists. Man, you got to check this guy yeah. out. And <laughs> and interestingly enough, a lot of like the new trap stuff is very short. Like a lot of like the latest, right. it'll be like a two minute song. So it's actually like even mm-hmm. less than you would expect for like a normal like you know, top 40 release. And mm-hmm. is, is that because DJs are just chucking it in like an old hip hop sort of thing? Just like bang, straight in, bang, straight in or? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know, um, no? yeah. what the intention is. I remember watching a documentary on like uh, early punk rock stuff and the woman's mm-hmm. asking this man from LA, from some band, how come your songs are so short? They're only one minute long. He just said, because mm-hmm. that's how long the inspiration lasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. rather give you like a hundred percent energy yeah. for one minute than like drag it yeah, out I and can give you see anything that. less <laughs> also i mean may, perhaps younger audiences are, are going on kind of youtube binges where they're like oh check this one out but yeah. like they're with their mates or something that you know and and they don't necessarily want to like listen to the whole song i mean it's just it, bang 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 yeah. i can sort of understand why if you're listening with friends or at a party or, or whatever, then perhaps that's the best way for it, for it you know, maybe it, these kind of things, but these the arrangement medium, styles respond to the, the, yeah. the, pe- the you know, the, the people that are consuming it. Mm-hmm. The medium, like you said, the medium is super important because you go back to the long play record to the, you know, you got a, f- a 35 minute side and you're playing it. Like it's gotta be played on its own. You put the record down you're not going to jump straight to like the end of, you know, stairway to heaven for like the good part. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to listen to the whole thing. And like now just, is it attention span or is it just the fact that they got so good at mixing and just giving you the meat and potatoes mm. always, you know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you listen to like a current hip hop radio station, they'll just go 30 seconds blast, you know, of tunes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like that's that's what the payoff is. I Yeah. Kiva, so like do the new kids like you've been listening to stuff like every week from these students. Mm. Do, I would I would guess like they they break rules, right? Like the, like new new genres, new people, like they break the old rules and they create new conventions. Is that what you're seeing? Yes and no. I mean, you know, the stuff they've been showing me has been all over the map, like from some real quality tunes, some stuff where I'm just like, man, this does sound like the last eight songs you showed me. (laughs) 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 Like some people just kind of jump in the bandwagon, but no, they definitely, you know, show me, show me some cool cats in there. Hey, um, I was going to say something in terms of like the, you know, going off of what Adam was saying, um, the actual live performance of it, um, you know, whether you're just showing somebody something on YouTube or as part of a DJ set, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the world of reggae music, like DJs can be notorious for just like playing like a few bars of a tune and then, you know, forwarding to the next yeah. song. And, Sound uh, clash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just, but, um, again, bang, uh, bang. actually, you know, David Rodigan out of the UK recently did an interview where he was like just saying, hey, you know, all these producers and musicians spent so long making this great record, you know, as a reggae DJ, try to show the music a little more respect and play a little <laughs> bit more than like the first like eight bars before you go to the next yeah. song. Like you can, it's okay <laughs> to like play more of the song and like, don't just talk right. over the top of it the whole time, you know, yeah. like tone yeah. it down a little that, bit. Cause like, you're not even respecting the music at that point, all the hard work that went into it. 
Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely <laughs> see that. Great point. Um, that's it. That's it. That's one for the Respect. DJs. Yeah. Um, but so so let, let's just let's just talk about about making one something that's real in your face, punchy, straight in. Like Kiva, how would you arrange something that you wanted to like maybe within twenty five seconds knock people out? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that that I would do that was kind of you know catered towards that, like some some like Southern style hip hop type stuff I produce. Mm -hmm. I might give them just a short intro. Let's say even like a four bar intro, not even a full eight. Give them a little four bars. Mm -hmm. That way the DJ has at least something to like get beat matched to in a, in a yeah. club situation. But then, you know, the short attention span crowd isn't going to have to wait that long. They're only going to have to wait like five right. seconds or so before like the bass drops or the lyrics kick in and stuff like that. So you can yeah. do like shorter yeah. intros sometimes and kind of, you know, satisfy the dj's needs to be able to like blend and and the yeah. crowd's desire to just get into it and not have to sit around for like two minutes and listen to a like a very long drum lead in <laughs> yeah that makes sense i mean i remember from from when when i started djing when you know i was vinyl before and then hip-hop until you'd, you'd you'd put little stickers on the records to kind of be able to bypass an overly long mm. intro and then like serato came in and you could put these cue points in and now obviously mixed in key you can do these sort of auto cue points and everything that's kind of to help almost in a way uh, uh, for sort of open format mixing to help you just get to the goods as fast as you, you you can really actually it's interesting that in in kind of more like house music um you might actually use those cue points to loop and ex even extend the sections even longer and longer if you're mixing if, if the mix is going really well so it's quite interesting that it, they can be used for like opposite purposes absolutely in a, okay in so a different in sorry, a different Isaac. realm of i was gonna say like in a different way of looking at this like if i'm writing a song with a band or producing a song with a band, I, or I like to think of it in a, um, like th there's a classical term called like Schenkerian analysis, which is like micro macro, um, right. meaning a little section can be related to a large section. So if I were to be writing something of a free form genre, like a, you know, song or something with a band, I like to think of, intro sections relating to a chorus hinting at something later but not really revealing what it is you know so i, yeah. I always try and look for connectivity between just the little sections and the larger sections and always kind of yeah view everything in a big spider web like that that's so my goal that's very in interesting you should say that because I was, that was that kind of leads me on to something I wanted us to to, to move towards. So I think we've we've done the sort of the short, sharp, wham, bam kind of track arrangement, uh, and really we haven't spoken about an outro because I don't think it's relevant for mm -hmm. that kind of music, mm -hmm. perhaps. Um, but like when you're looking at perhaps a more traditional arrangement, like a pop song, or a traditional hip hop song, or uh, I mean a anything, a rock song, whatever you whatever it is you're making, when you're doing something slightly more traditional. Um, do you get, uh, like uh, one of the guys on our um, Facebook group asked us to explain how we use repetition in a way that is not boring, but ties a song together. How do you change a repetition, but not too much? I mean, that, that ties in exactly with what you were saying, Isaac. Yeah, the way that I would address that is I would think, um, if you remember, Lee Sanders kind of talked about this and he is my 
kind of comp- composition mentor. So I'll, I'll go back to his yeah. info, which is, you know, you got all these tools, you got all these different ways to express something like sound effects, different instruments, changing instruments, changing sections, you know, mm-hmm. pulling stuff out, dropping stuff in. You can be completely, you can repeat the entire time. You can have the exact yeah. same rhythmic thing repeating. And what you can do is change the instruments. You can put sound effects on it. You can make it really thick orchestrally. You can make it really thick yeah. harmonically. You can pare it down. So my Shankarian analysis thing is saying, yeah, you absolutely absolutely are repeating. In fact, the whole point is to repeat, to express a message, but to express it in different yeah. ways. So a couple mm-hmm. notes in the very beginning, like an example, you can say like, a couple notes like C C C A, let's say, right? Like let's say yeah. your intro is like da 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 da. All right, let's say that. And you can have that motif later on be expressed by chords C to A, where the song yeah. can modulate from C to A. So you can mm-hmm. have these like little Easter eggs that even yeah. if someone's not picking up on, it actually you you get it internally. Like the more that there's those connective tissues, the more that there's like, oh, this song just makes sense. Like, this is what makes yeah. sense because yeah. you've already set up my head to say, oh, yeah, we're going from C to A. We're doing this. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, the idea that repetition breeds this kind of familiarity and then we can, we, when something happens that we kind of expect, we think, oh, that's satisfying. I'm enjoying that. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when would you, I'm just thinking we've kind of we've sort of talked about an intro and then how you might use a little bit of uh, repetitive motifs to enforce the idea of your song or the character of your song. Um, when would you, how do you know how to leave enough space for a vocalist if you're making something for vocals? Kiva? Hmm. I know, I know you're good at this. I know you guys. <laughs> I've heard your music. Yeah, um, I mean, it really, it would really come down to a lot of like how, you know, how you mix and what kind of vocalist you're working with. Um, just for just yeah. something I'm working on right now, um, I'm producing and mixing some stuff for, for a local uh, uh, record label here in Miami. Shout out to Galaxy Sound. So they're doing it real Jamaican style where we've made like uh, a instrumental a rhythm. And then we have yeah. multiple vocalists creating different lyrics and melodies. So for this particular one, we've actually got eight, eight different people on it. And as I'm mixing right. these ones right now, I'm finding that depending on the vocalist sound and tone, I'm having to adjust the arrangement and the mix a bit to match the song. So there may be one vocalist where the way that he wrote the lyric, uh, he wrote the, the rhythm, I can just leave everything as is. And then I'm finding yeah. that with some of the other ones, as I'm getting into the final mix, there might be a keyboard part or some organ solo stuff that is like actually overpowering the way that they sang. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to kind of be flexible with it and just really listen to what's going on. Um, you know, for me, like rule number one, whenever it's a vocal track, you want to make sure that the spotlight is on them. You don't want to have, some little maraca like <laughs> stealing your attention from the yeah, lead singer. So, right, you, yeah. know, so um, let, you know, let the vocal be king. Yeah. And so some of that can be fixed queen, with the arrangement you know, and some of it can actually just be fixed in the mix where, 
you know, you can yeah. you can go ahead and automate some levels to come down on some of the backing sure. instruments so yeah. it doesn't steal the show from the from the lead vocals. Right. So okay, so so the the takeout is probably don't worry too much about vocals. Have an idea in your head of where a vocal might go, but you can fix that once you've got the vocal recorded. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I know Isaac's got to go; he's uh, got an appointment. But uh, I want to ask one final Hi, question: uh, When when do you use a bridge? Maybe uh, we'll we'll let Isaac go, and Kiva Kiva, you can you can um, take that one. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Cheers, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Well, first of all. For those of you listening, if you don't know what a bridge is, I highly recommend you go look up a song by James Brown called Sex Machine. Because <laughs> you'll hear him yell out Take to, it to the, the bridge. bridge. Take it to the bridge. <laughs> yeah, you hear him say, get out of it <laughs> It's like, I always use, I wanted to show my students. I'm like, this man, you're going to hear him yell at the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally talks you oh, through yeah, yeah, yeah. what a bridge is yeah. and the purpose couldn't be any clearer. But yet, um, you know, to those of you that may not know already, um, you know, bridge is just a songwriting technique that's used in some songs just to create like a new interesting section to mix things mm -hmm. up. If you've been writing a particular groove for a long time and it might be getting a little bit too like familiar, it just kind of revitalizes yeah. it. So, you know, there's times where I've used, used bridges. Um, it's, it might be a good spot to just, you know, maybe about two thirds of the way through the song just to revitalize the song a little bit. Um, yeah. On certain songs, maybe we feature the solo instrument, like an electric guitar solo, where it, it modulates to a different key for 16 bars and you have this instrumental solo. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. different things like that. It's just a good way to just, you know, kind of, you know, break up monotony. You know, if you have a good yeah. groove, every yeah. groove at a certain point is going to start to become like a little too familiar and a little boring. So it's a way yeah. to, you know, kind of just, you know, introduce the element of surprise and you know keep people on their toes uh, and engage with the song yeah i i well, completely agree i mean uh, i think that a bridge is usually i find a bridge is usually something that that asks me to write it mm -hmm. rather than i don't go in saying i'm going to write a bridge with this song i don't know if it needs it until the song until i think maybe this has got a bit too repetitive and perhaps i'd like to you know just throw a little curveball into the before i come back for that second chorus i want to throw a little curveball and excite people and make people think oh what's happening here um in 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 the dance music that i write predominantly now i i, I still need so much repetition because it's for long periods on the dance floor mm -hmm. and too many curveballs is going to throw people off it becomes unsettling so i don't use bridges in the traditional sense for that really but I might use something like a percussion percussion bridge where I'll just change the percussion sounds or uh, add a new 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 sort of rhythm to the percussion and, and focus on that for si for eight bars or 16 bars mm -hmm. or something like that. Or maybe just like a modulation effect. One of the, the tracks I was writing recently has um, just suddenly goes into really kind of flanged, filtered modulation, um, which just does the same job really as a bridge, um, but without unsettling the, the listener too much. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're kind of there. I mean, outros, I would say, is the same as intros. Would you agree? Um, again, it depends on the song and you know what, what your does, point is. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, want, I just wanted to throw something out there. Like, um, no. you know, as, as someone who you know, teaches music, when, when I'm working with new groups of people that <clears throat> are brand new to music, I yeah. always fall back on some of the general rules you might expect to be like, you know, 16 bar verse, eight bar chorus, yeah. 
have three verses, each one followed by a hook with a little intro and outro yeah. at the end. Just, you know, if when in doubt, you cannot go wrong with those figures. But I have to say that yeah. some of the different mm -hmm. artists that I've worked with, they really like, um, you know, challenged my notion of that. And, right. you know, um, you know, there's tracks where I've worked with people where the first verse was 12 bars long. And then the second verse yeah. was eight bars long. And then the third verse was 32 bars long. It breaks like yeah. all the conventional rules, but when you actually listen to it, it feels right. It makes sense. Yeah, I think if it, yeah. if, especially in very lyrical music, if it fits the narrative of of the message, yeah, um, then it, it can work. And, and uh, yeah, and be be brave. But if you're going to keep things traditional, I think the, a, a pop song would perhaps be an eight bar intro. This may be uh, going out the window, as we said with the Spotify change and stuff. Mm -hmm. But generally, a four bar, maybe eight bar intro, a sixteen bar verse an eight bar chorus and probably repeat that twice. And then, well, actually no, repeat that once more with an eight bar outro. That's about three and a half minutes. That, that's, that's your pop song arrangement. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if, if pop songs on the radio is what you want, you just stick with that. Yeah. And that, that'll do you. Yeah. You don't need to break every rule. But then again, there's always, I mean, it's just, it's, it's goes back to, it depends. There's room to break rules so long as it still sounds good. Absolutely. And to answer, you know, your initial question about like how to tackle intros and outros or specifically outros, I guess is what you said. Um, something that, that I've tried to do in a lot of my music where it was more, you know, uh, DJ set oriented audience yeah. is I tried to make the track so that it would stand on its own if you listen to it start to finish as a listener yeah or mm -hmm. it would it would have the necessary like uh you know lead in and lead out for a dj to use to mix and blend in and out yeah. of a set so that being said like <clears throat> i always try to put some little surprises that you there right. might be some crazy sound effect or some synth sound i made that only happens like at the last second of the song so it's like a little, it's right, like a little, okay. it's like a little reward for listening <laughs> okay, through the song nice. all the way to the end. You'll just hear this one beautiful sound like right at the end. And if you want to hear it, you got to listen to the whole track like, all over <laughs> again. But I put, I put like a that's little nice. surprise <laughs> at the end. Okay, <laughs> that's I don't nice. just, just fade that's out nice. the drum or whatever, you know, just have a kick right. going for like 16 bars with a hi-hat. Like I'll put some other little, little, um, little musical treats. That's there, nice. yeah. a little garnish. Yeah, exactly. Some They're little ear nice. candy. Very yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so keep surprising them. That's another exactly. Take out, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And just Fantastic. throughout the arrangement, that's something that I always have tried to do too. Where I'll have like certain little sounds that will only happen one time in one specific right. point okay. of the track where it's yeah. just yeah. a little Scooby snack, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Brilliant. Thank you very much for chatting to me today. Hey, it's been Give a pleasure, it's been, been a pleasure been uh, being on the show. Been really, yeah. Really insightful. Uh, okay. Um, hopefully we'll have, have all of you guys back with us uh, next time for next week's Mixed In Key, in, no, no, Mixed in Key podcast. Uh, until then, have a good week. Catch you all later.